I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, South Carolina! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Bader Inc. College Football Statistical Model, and your home for Pac-12 gambling advice with William Hills, Max Meyer. This is Brian Conger, and holy goodness, we have like two weeks left. Uh, we were supposed to to preview every team, and uh, and then we didn't. Uh, but I'm glad that you've enjoyed us for this entire offseason, right? I feel like we've done previews of every team. We've just kind of cut and sliced them up in different podcasts. And this week, we're doing season win totals, which is my personal favorite. This is this is it. The, for me, this is the whole season is uh, is for this particular moment when we record our season win totals. I'm joined by Rob Bowen from uh, Sharp College Football. What's going on, Rob? Um, not much. We've updated uh, with <clears throat> Bill Connolly's updated returning production numbers. Uh, so the projected beta rank is updated. The win totals, the projected spreads for all the games for the season are now updated as well. Um, so you should check that out at sharpcollegefootball.com. All those numbers are so helpful. So as we were doing our research for this, particularly for the non-conference games, so if you're a Pac-12 fan or if you are just looking through your team's schedule, chances are that Rob has done a preview on the teams that you're playing in the non-conference schedule. And then sharpcollegefootball.com, you can go into your team and le- like legitimately look up every team that you have coming up what the you know what the probability of your team winning the the projected spread the other team's defense uh, offense I mean it's awesome it's just a great service and I basically used everything there uh, for this as well just gives you really good context into your who your team is playing and Rob do you have any other news coming up here at Sharp College Football I'm gonna do the last two I mean I've been working like a dog at my actual job but I have I'm gonna finish up the last two previews that'll give 50 team previews. <laughs> Nice. That's ten more than you promised. Yeah. Over promise, under yeah. or whatever it is. The other way, the, the backwards. Under promise, over achieve. Coming into the season, and I'll probably try to sneak in because I will have done eleven of the Pac-12 teams, um, and I'll probably try to sneak in an Arizona preview uh, to get the full Pac-12, um, you know, collector set. All right, we're on Gunner Cruise Watch. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> you're zero in Tucson. Like, <laughs> Very much. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, sharpcollegefootball.com. And of course, the YouTube page uh, where Rob has all of his previews up there. Really good stuff. Rob, today we are we're going to get into the Pac-12 South season win totals. And and basically, you, you, when we do the North, you'll figure out, oh, well, like a lot of the games that we've already previewed we have here. So it'll be interesting to, to focus maybe more on the non-conference when we get into the Pac-12 North, because I think some of those games are quite interesting. But before we do, there's been some news out of the Pac-12. I guess we should start with a totally out of nowhere, the the Randy Orton RKO out of nowhere. You've seen how our intro to this podcast is wrestling focused. Rob, the Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC are playing a game of Survivor now. They're all banding together to vote SEC off of the island, and, th- and things just get more fascinating when it comes to conference realignment. Yeah, I mean, I thought this one was interesting. I think it's, I think this is mostly along the lines of less so with the the scheduling, the idea of a scheduling alliance. <clears throat> I think, given the ACC's long term deal with ESPN, ESPN own, owns the rights to broadcast non conference ACC games as well, so long as the games are at home. Um, so for those, the you know the um, you know, the only ones that I think they could really sign a scheduling agreement in all likelihood, because the ACC is locked up for like another 12 years would be the, the PAC, you know, the PAC 12 and the big 10. Um, I think it's more likely what you're seeing though. And it's interesting to see this from the ACC um, who is a partner with ESPN um, is when the playoff expands that you are likely to see 
them try to, in the same way that the NFL playoffs are parceled out and not put on a single network, um, they're likely to part look to parcel out the college football playoffs so that different networks own different parts of the playoff and will likely rotate who gets the championship game as opposed to being so tied to ESPN. I think this is, if there is blowback in this, um, there is certainly blowback from the other conferences on the move that ESPN made to get Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, that's that's a wise move. I'm glad that they're doing yeah. that. <laughs> Having all your stuff on ESPN, maybe not the best idea when uh, when it'd be nice to to open it up for bidders and see uh, you know have different interests and other networks engaged in and really caring about what's going on with your conference and your teams and stuff. So that's great news. I uh, I still like the USC Notre Dame idea to the Big Ten though. That that. I don't know if that'll ever happen, uh, and I know that it'd be interesting to see if they had to get Notre Dame out of a contract. That that was the one question I had for you, Rob. I know all the ACC teams are locked into like a seventy thousand year deal, but is yeah. Notre Dame part of that? I think some of the games might be, some of them might not. What's the deal there? So Notre Dame is locked into that deal in a sort of tangential way. Um, Notre Dame basically, if they join a conference they have to give the ACC basically right of first refusal, right? So like the Notre Dame ha- basically has, if they want to join a conference, it pretty much has to be the ACC um, by the terms of that contract. Now, of course, like people can go to court to get out of contracts. That's not free. Like the court's not going to say like, oh yes, you're, you're out, you're out. Welcome. <laughs> you're out of jail free. Um, you know, like the court would like look to find a settlement um, that the parties could agree on that would likely involve a financial you know, some, some financial, you know, amount for Notre Dame to get out. Um, you know, and the big 10 certainly has enough money to, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say like that they could pay, I mean, all of it, but they could certainly pay some of it. Fox, Fox could pony up, you know, if they were able to get Notre Dame out of that into the big 10, Fox could certainly pony up some of that money as well, because they have such a deep relationship and likely a deeper relationship with the big 10 going forward than they've had up to this point. Um, I think what's interesting versus the last time we talked about it is you should really, everyone should really check out, look it up. John Skipper, the former CEO of ESPN was on the Dan Levitard show. And he talked about, it's it sort of like reframed the way I was thinking about things a lot too. Um, you know, the, you know, ESPN basically paid Texas to not join the PAC 12 <laughs> Back in the day, <laughs> gave him a big check to not, I mean, because Texas was set to join the Pac-12, but at that time, the Pac-12 was much more of a Fox partner than it was, um, you know, an ESPN partner. So, you know, ESPN didn't want the, you know, the Pac-12 getting Texas and those other schools and becoming the Pac-16. Um, but it really, it made more sense like this Oklahoma and Texas grab, not as the next great um, and and realizing that in a lot of cases, it's not the conferences that are doing doing the, you know, making the decisions in a lot of cases, it's their TV partners. Um, you know, ESPN is sort of the hand behind the scenes on this Oklahoma and Texas move. And in some ways that you could argue, and I think, I think it's fair, like the PAC 12 is like, and we haven't seen a lot of movement or even sort of rumors of movement because Fox still has to fill out, uh, you know, a dance card. They have to still fill out, you know, college football games on the main Fox network on FS one and FS two. Um, and the PAC 12 will be a, you know, a good part of that going forward for providing content. Well, if there's one thing we've learned is that it, it pays, there's a price to join in a mediocre conference in the ACC. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame. Oh. And the ACC is going to be so, so far behind by the time this, their deal wraps. Like, like even the last five years of their deal, they could be as much as like $30 million even behind the Pac-12. But like there was a, there was a really interesting stat, I thought too, that um, someone had put together out of all the games that had been over 4 million viewers a piece, there were over fi- a little over 50 SEC games, like SEC versus SEC that had generated 4 million national TV viewers in the last five years, there were almost 50 big 10 games that did that. There were five pac 12 games. When people tell you, when people tell say out loud that the pac 12 doesn't need USC to be good, they're just dead wrong. 
Like they're just, they're just not, there's no one in the pac 12 that is the kind of draw that are, you know, that is the Trojans when they're really good. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think we've seen that even as they've been stumbling. I mean, it's great that Oregon's on, on the rise. It's great that Washington's getting their act together and stuff, but it's, it's not the same. It just doesn't have that national uh, drive to it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. We, we can talk about that later as things develop. But just wanted to bring that up. Some news, Rob, out of Boulder. JT Shrout injured. And that's a, that's a big bummer for Colorado because it's going to be probably the Brandon Lewis show. And we'll see how that works out. Yeah, this is a really tough blow for the, the Buffs. They don't have a lot of depth. Um, you know, behind Lewis is two freshmen. It says two freshmen. Um, you know, and it wasn't, you know, I, I, Shrout was somebody that at least had some experience. They really felt like, you know, might've been the sort of leader in the clubhouse on the job. So it's a, it's a big blow for the buffs on a, a team that I, I do think, even though a lot like people are and should be right. Like, I think they're not, they're not going to sneak up on anyone. Maybe like you could argue they did last year, but still like a, a team that I think had a shot to continue to improve. Yeah. This is a bummer that this broke like the minute before we started recording our pack 12 South. <laughs> season win totals because I was I really like this Colorado I mean I I should I should rephrase that I uh I think this Colorado team will be competitive and I was really fascinated to see how they would pair up this year and uh particularly without the quarterback that they had um and it makes me nervous Rob that like I I, Brandon Lewis is somebody that was a a priority recruit for this program um he was like a high three-star kind of guy with some good offers but the fact that and and as a true freshman you know so it's difficult to step in as a true freshman not everyone is trevor lawrence Uh, but the fact that he couldn't break through really on the roster uh given the quarterback play last year i I look i love sam neuer everybody we've we've talked about that at nauseam how fun of a player he was and just you know grinding away and getting and dragging that offense but um Man, if Lewis wasn't as good as him and was likely, you know, maybe in the second seat of that car, um, we'll see what we'll see what he has. We'll we'll find out pretty quickly here. Um, I hope that he steps up because it'd be really fun if Colorado remains solid. Yeah, I, I, I I'm ho- I'm still pulling for the buffs on this. Uh, <clears throat> I think in particular because the running game should be pretty good. Anything that they can put on, you know, put out there to improve the passing game should make the offense a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that and how the camp reports develop in terms of who the quarterback's going to be. Another just devastating injury, Rob, ASU defensive tackle Jermaine Lole is out, and that guy was a beast. And the, we, 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 and you actually, we, um, you've been talking a lot about the defense and how the expectations are a lot higher this year because of the team that Edwards has put together. And uh, it looks like he's going to be out for a while with a triceps injury. So I don't know if we're going to see him for the rest of the year, but we certainly aren't going to see him for the beginning of the year. And that is a real bummer for Sun Devil fans. Yeah, this is a real tough one. I think this, uh, this is really going to hurt. I think, I mean, I do still, I do still like this ASU defense, you know, coming into this year, but it is uh, a real blow there. They were number one, actually like ASU and Bill Connolly's returning production number update. Um, you know, has shifted and they're now uh, at number one on returning production on defense for what projected to be a pretty good unit overall. Um, it's going to be this, this is this, however, this is going to hurt a little bit. This one <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm bummed. Cause you know, I, I do think that, you know, this ASU team, um, man, there's just so much swirling. I mean, there's just so much swirling around them and, and this injury on top of it, you know, the, the punter Turk transferring to Oklahoma, um, you know, over vaccine stupidity, like just, just such a bummer. Like they're like, they, they really do and should, you know, it, it really should have felt like a little bit of a build to year this year, um, you know, where they maybe had a shot to break out. And, um, it just feels like it's kind of coming apart of the seams a little bit for them. Also placed on the injured, uh, injury report here, Rob, we have defensive backs coach, Chris Hawkins and tight ends coach, uh, Adam Brennan and Prentice Gill. Uh, placed on the injury report there. <laughs> it just seems like ASU is slowly, it kind of reminds me of like a video game, you know, when you're trying to get the final boss and you like knock off the first, like the underlings and you kind of claw your way up to, to the top to fight Mike Tyson. Um, that seems like that's what's going on here at ASU as they're slowly uh, knocking off assistant coaches in hopes that they don't get to Herm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you really do see though, is you see what, like a lot of what was 
were ported out from the uh, from the dossier. You know, like that stuff's been. You can argue like what you're seeing here is that stuff's been confirmed, right? And what they had on you know a lot of these assistants, um, they've likely confirmed enough in the internal investigation um, that they've gone ahead and suspended these guys. What they didn't have, and I don't think they had quite direct evidence on, and what that I went back and looked at that Yahoo report from Pete Thamel, you know, like they didn't have direct evidence on Antonio Pierce, uh, you know, so that I, but the NCAA, what they're going to be able to do here is because they have some recruits and some guys that are now on rosters by name, they are going to be able to threaten those guys playing time if they don't talk um, to the NCAA. So you do feel like they're sort of, and this, I do want to say, like, this is moving pretty quickly by an internal investigation standard. So um, the dossier must have, you know, proved out to this point. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get that flamingo guy next, the, the, where the, or hunger, the hippo guy where the pants drop off. You know, when you're playing Mike Tyson, oh, yeah. you're starting to get up there uh, to that point. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. I think that's it for news, Rob. Let's get into the Pac 12 South season win totals and let's do it right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we are back. Pac-12 South win totals. A quick explainer for people that uh, if, if they're not gamblers or they're not quite used to this whole system, basically every year, Las Vegas and other sports books will, before the season starts, they will set a number of how many wins that they think a team is going to get on the season. And that, that win total does not include the bowl game. And then basically all you do is you bet whether you think that that team is going to win more than that set number of wins or under that set number of wins. And it's super fun. It's a very, like, I find it fascinating to see what Vegas is, uh, you know, pinning on, on each team. I also think it's a fun way of like making one bet that's going to string out for the rest of the year. So rather than betting on individual games where I think actually there's better value, this is kind of fun. If you have like 20 bucks and you're just like, you know what? I, I think Cal's going to be a little better than people think. Boom. You place it on and now you're good for the whole, the whole year. And Rob, there are many teams here that we can start with. Um, is there one in particular that, I mean, we don't have to start from the, te- the team that has the most wins or the, the fewest wins that are, you know, guesstimated. Where, where do you want to start? I like, let's start with UCLA. I, I, I think they have a fun, interesting schedule. The Bruins, Rob, let's do this. I think this number is fascinating because you hear a lot of buzz. And I listen to other Pac-12 podcasts. I listen to national podcasts on college football. And Everybody and their mother is more bullish on UCLA than, than I am. And then when you see when Vegas dropped a seven as the win total, I'm like, hell yeah. It's like, all right, I feel I feel bad, feel vindicated here because I do not believe in this UCLA team yet. I would love for Chip Kelly to get that program rolling. But I think the loss, and we've mentioned this of Odigazua uh Odigazua is a problem. Yeah. I do not believe in DTR, and uh, I think that in a year when people said, oh, don't pay any, any attention to what went on during COVID year. I think that includes teams that did better than expected. So I, I actually am, when that seven dropped, I felt like I felt like I was heard by our friends in Las Vegas. And uh, like you mentioned, it's an interesting schedule, right? Hawaii at uh, on week zero, which by the way, we might do a halftime, a special halftime show uh, for the week zero game. So keep a lookout for that. They have LSU at home, and then they have Fresno State, a team that uh, I just heard our friends Adam and Hithliday uh, do a preview of because they play Oregon, and a team that has some interesting offense, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do like Kalen DeBoer, their uh, their coach, and uh, God, which which former Washington transfer did they get? One of the Jakes. Hayner? Hayner? I think it was Jake Hayner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Fresno State does, I mean, but U- UCLA still is a substantial favorite in that game. Yeah. Um. Because the the flip of it is you're like, oh, Fresno State has a decent group of five offense. Man, they have a bad defense. The the yeah, I was taking a look at where I had these games, right? So so their schedule is Hawaii, LSU, Fresno State at home, then at Stanford, ASU, 
Then they go on the road at Arizona, at Washington, Oregon, at Utah, and then a bye. And then they have Colorado at home. They're at USC and they're at Cal. So I actually took the under here. And and here's why. A, I think I think they're going to lose that LSU game. I think the Hawaii game they should win. But th- there's a couple things here. The first is they're not going to go unscathed in the non-conference. And then when you take a look at their schedule, we did our trap games, Rob, and there's like seven of them. And our, our good friends over at the What's Brewing podcast ca- called us out on this because uh, they shared the podcast, but they mentioned that we basically said every UCLA game is a trap game. And that's true because there's so many there's so many matchups that they get that are just a team's coming off a bye and they're playing UCLA or UCLA is on a long rest or they have sandwich games like that Arizona game in between ASU and Washington is a problem. And I really only had one coin flip game and that was Colorado and I think that's going to be a you little think Colorado's a coin flip game for them I thought if they had a good quarterback yeah because I just I think the buffs so so I, like I always approach these as can Colorado stop UCLA's run attack they might maybe no. a little bit no. um yeah, okay <laughs> no they cannot uh, well I thought their weakness was the secondary because their their defensive line and their linebackers are decent and I don't think DTR really gonna... struggled last season to contain UCLA's rushing attack. I mean, it was turnovers that did the Bruins in last season against against the Buffalo. Yeah. Like they, they got they got a lot of turnover luck in that game. I don't know. I li- I like the talent on there, and that was an early game uh, in the COVID era. So I just feel like I don't know I when I just take a look at those names, and I've seen them two years before, and I thought they were pretty decent. And I just don't think DTR is going to be able to throw on them. Um, even though they're, even though their secondary isn't that good, I just, I think that's a weakness of UCLA and, um, I don't think UCLA is going to stop the run. I think, I think Colorado is going to be able to, to move the ball down the field. So I had that as a, a toss up, but if their quarterback's a mess, then that, that moves them. But even with that game, Rob, I'd still have him at six. So like the, my total, when I added the, all, all the, the probabilities up was five and a half. My gut says six. And even if I get that Colorado game, it gets me to seven and I push. So I took the under. I don't know. What do, what do you think? So beta rank has him projected at 7.73. Um, and I, I think that's somewhat fair. I mean, I think you can argue that UCLA, there's definitely, you could argue that, you know, the model it hasn't projected at 18 coming into this year. You know, it, that might be a little high on the Bruins. That said, you still have a couple games that they're more than likely to win here. You know, Hawaii, Fresno State, Stanford. But then you, uh, you oh, know, hold Arizona. on, let me let me stop. Let me stop you there. You trust Chip Kelly's team to go into Stanford and win? Like, I I think that's a game have, that's ripe for them to lose. Like, just a stupid oh, game. Yeah, it's mean, a quiet stadium, and all of a sudden they're down ten with like you know four minutes in the fourth quarter, and and you're just looking at the Mister Potato Head, you know that Chip Kelly look, with his arms folded. You can absolutely talk me into like I mean the UCLA turnover machine giveth and taketh, right? <laughs> <laughs> mostly take it, mostly yeah, taketh. <laughs> but you know, with Stanford, like I just I mean that defense sucks. There's just no two ways about Stanford's defense. They are awful. Um, And I do think that we saw some improvement from UCLA's defense last year. And I think that will continue. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're going to be as good against the run, but I think that their past defense should continue to evolve as well. I I hear you. I I like them. I think they're going to be, I think UCLA matches up from a, like from a offensive standpoint against that Stanford defense. I think UCLA is going to be able to put up a lot of points. Okay. Um, well, here, let me let me uh, let me run through this real fast for you, um, because I'm curious what you think in, in terms of where that eighth win comes from. So, I'll give them Hawaii. I'll give them Fresno State. I'll give them Stanford, Arizona, which is on the road and it's the sandwich game. Yeah. And then we give them let's let's give them Colorado and Cal. Where's that next win coming from? So the thing is, like, I don't think like Cal, you know, if you're looking at Cal, if you're looking at USC, you're looking at Utah, Oregon, Washington, you know, it could break where UCLA loses all of those games, but they don't project to be such a big underdog in those games that you would really expect them to lose all of them. I don't know. They're just all on the road, though. That's Except ASU. Yeah, that, that would I mean, be like, the one. Right. I mean... My point is, though, is like from a pure probability standpoint, right? Like, yeah, UCLA could have bad breaks and lose all those games. 
But like, if you add them up, each of those wins, like you add them up, the probabilities are over one. Like they're likely to win one of those games. The turnover is like, you know, the turnover, the turnover machine <laughs> will come up Bruins <laughs> in one of those games. Right. Like, um, and that's where I mean, really, <clears throat> I'm not, I mean, and I, I, I think UCLA, I think this is a really, I, I just want to be clear. I think this is a really good number from Vegas at seven wins. Um, because I think this UCLA team, there is a shot that they are a little overrated, but if you flip it, like, man, like things are going, like they, they definitely got the tougher schedule in the South. They get both Washington and Oregon, you know, and I, I, I do think when you look at it, like, but when you look at it, like there's some things that are kind of breaking their way, right? Like the huge mess at Arizona state, you know, like I'd probably put the Bruins as a slight favorite over Arizona state right now just because of the mess, <laughs> you know, Colorado losing the, losing the quarterback. Like I already like the Bruins against, you know, against the Buffaloes. I, I, you know, I think, you know, we're, you know, we'll see, like that's pretty late in the season. So, um, you know, absolutely like Colorado could have, you know, a quarterback that's kind of figured things out by then, but like, really like, you know, that's a game that I already like the Buffaloes in. Like, I think they've got a good shot there and, and Cal too, like, I mean, man, that bears defense just has not yeah. been great against the run. Yeah, like UCLA is going to be able to show up and run the football. I think I just, I'm not like, I, I, I just, I'm not arguing. Like, I think Baderan could have them a little over projected here. We don't have a huge, I mean, the PAC 12 because of only playing, you know, a handful of games and they were all in conference. I don't feel like I have a great handle on the Bruins coming into this season, but I will say like, they weren't, they were, they were, pretty competitive in most of their games last year. They had some really, really bad turnover luck. Um, they did show some improvement. I, you know, like I said, like, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not convinced on the under, I would not bet the over <laughs> either. Like this is, this is a tough, I mean, like it's part of what makes it such an interesting number is they have such a good schedule too. I mean, there are a bunch of games here, you know, that like, you know, that, like that even their tough games, you know, they're not massive underdogs in any of their tough games, which is a bit different for UCLA, right? Like UCLA, you know, if Oregon or Washington finish with, you know, minus one on turnovers, like UCLA's in that game for sure. I I just think the wheels come off and you start seeing those spreads get get more in favor of the opposition for them. I, I just keep, okay, I keep counting. I'm like, all right, I'll give you, I'll give you Colorado and Cal. And now I'm squinting and I'm thinking, they have to go per they have to in order to cover this total they have to win every game that they're supposed to win um and then pick up one more from at Washington at Utah at USC or Oregon at home and i just don't trust that team to to do that and that that's if they don't drop a game against Cal or at Stanford or AS i even gave them ASU that gets them to 7 um and i i think they're they're not going to be favored in that game so we'll see well yeah i think it's a good number but um but I had a bet five and a half. So that, that's actually one of the ones that, that I bet personally. Uh, where do you want to go next? Let's do USC. And then we can go do one of the Colorado Arizonas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Vegas gives them a spread. Now they, they give them eight and a half. So they're making you pick a side. There's no, by the way, if you're betting the, the season win totals and the number is seven and the team wins seven, you get your money back, but you don't win or lose. You just, here, here's the $10 they bet or $20 they bet or whatever it is. Here, they're pick, they're forcing you to pick a side. You're either going to win money or lose money. And going through, I actually had my total at 8.4 in terms of, um, I assign a win probability of one. Like I, I absolutely think they're going to win and zero. I think they're going to lose. And then everything else in between based on what the spread is. And I had it at eight and a half. So I think this number is pretty good, Rob. What's it out for you to start? Yeah. I mean, so beta has got it at 7.15 beta rings a little lower on the Trojans than a lot of folks. Um, and that's not because the model doesn't believe in the talent they have. The model just doesn't believe in the Trojans ability to get the most out of the talent on the field. <laughs> hi -oh. Yeah. I mean, uh, but the, I mean, like they start out with, I mean, truly they start out with a tough game. Like San Jose, Jose state is pretty good. Um, and they return their quarterback, Nick Starkle. They most, they return most of that coaching staff. 
um, for what was a surprise and pretty good team in the Mountain West last year. Um, you know, they're, they're, Bittering Scadam is about a touchdown favorite in that game, about a touchdown favorite over Stanford. You know, they're a favorite in a lot of these games, but they're not overwhelmed. I mean, other than the game against Arizona, you know, they're not an overwhelming favorite in a lot of these games. And that's what's sort of tough when you look at this Trojan squad. Like, they've got a really favorable schedule, but the rest of the Pac-12 has kind of been like, whereas a lot of the Pac-12, if you looked a couple of years ago, um, you know, even as much as two years ago, you know, the bottom of the Pac-12 South was awful, um, you know, below Utah and USC. And, you know, some of the teams, with the exception of, of, of Arizona, ha- have really improved um, to the point that, like, even though you do miss Washington and Oregon on the schedule, like, it's still, there's not a lot of gimmies on the schedule for the Trojans. Yeah, going down there, I always start by saying, okay, what are the games that I think that they're absolutely going to win? I'll give them San Jose State, Stanford, at Washington State, Oregon State, at Colorado. I mean, that's five right there. And then, but then, then things get a little weird, right? Because you have to get to nine here. So let's let's say they go five and zero, oh, and that's not a given. And like you mentioned, there's a couple interesting games there. Then I'll give them Arizona. That's six. I'll give them now. They got to go to Cal, but I'll give them that seven. And UCLA, eight. And then you got to basically beat Utah, Notre Dame, at ASU or BYU to get over the hump. I mean, it's it's doable, but it's more like what the model says. You know, on paper, this team should win nine games. Um, yep. In reality, my gut said eight. <laughs> so I didn't bet this because yeah. it's really hard to bet the Brewers. Like, if, if I'm going to bet the Trojans, I'm always going to bet the under. And eight and a half was a little too high for where I was where I, a little too low for where I was willing to put some money on the line when it came to whether or not they could actually get the job done. Yeah. I mean, and there's some things like you can absolutely talk yourself into the defense, you know, improving into Orlando, you know, coming into this year, they've got some exciting young talent at some spots, you know, on that defense that, you know, could potentially break out, but you know, and as much as I like, and I think that the offense could be pretty good this season, like they're not, I just, I really hesitate to believe that they're going to reach the kind of top five status that like really starts to put some distance between them and some other teams. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's where, like, I mean, if we're talking about the defense, maybe being top 20, you know, the offense maybe being top 10, you're talking about a team that's, you know, I, I think if we went through like, you know, the, where they would project in beta rank, you're talking about like, you know, maybe a top 15 team, you know, maybe instead of like a little over seven wins, which is where the model hasn't projected at now, maybe you're talking, you know, eight, but still under that eight and a half. Um, Cause there's some games. I mean, like if UCLA, I mean, if USC, gets a little unlucky, you know, like finishes, you know, finishes the year or just has a concentration of turnovers, you know, in some of these games, like they could easily drop some of these games. I mean, um, you know, you've got ASU, you've got Cal, you've got UCLA, um, you know, Utah and Notre Dame. I mean, the Trojans are not going to be double digit favorites. They won't be double digit underdogs either, but they're not going to be double digit favorites in any of those games. Yeah, and it's a one-dimensional offense. I mean, they haven't been able to run the ball. I don't anticipate anything changing that would – I mean, they're going to try to, which is which is dumb, but they're going to try to do that. And I, I think I, it seems like Graham Harrell has kind of plateaued at what he's going to be able to bring to that offense. I thought in the beginning it was pretty good hire. Um, he kind of reformatted things, gave USC an identity, but and then he, and then he keeps trying to – go go against that identity and say we're going to run the ball we're going to run the ball well that offensive line can't run block very well and and we have problems so yeah they got the guy from texas and yeah i, I understand all that stuff but i just i just don't see this offense getting them to uh the promised land and i think the defense can has been picked on multiple times and we'll see whether uh todd orlando can really put the pieces together but he didn't last year it was a short year but i'm not there i that's why i have the under but again i'm not betting this one uh, sorry. Well, and they get and they get San. I mean, like at the non-conference too. I mean, yeah, you miss Oregon and Washington, but San Jose State's no easy out. You get, um, you know, Notre Dame, who loses a ton off of their team last year. 
um, and projects in the same range as the Trojans, but that's on the road. Uh, and then you get BYU and you're not getting, I mean, who also loses a ton off their team last year, but you're not getting them at the beginning of the year. You're getting them at the end of the year um, when those guys are going to have some experience. It's a, it's a tough schedule for them. Oh yeah. Buyer beware. If you're going to go over, <laughs> I mean, and I think every podcast in the world has, has warned you. So this is, this is, this is on you. This is your fault. Um, you know, if you end up getting burned on that, where do you want to go next, Rob? Uh, should we do Tucson? It'll be quick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So I, I so very wanted to bet the over at two and a half, which is what Vegas put it at. Um, yeah. and, and I do have the number at 3.7 and here's why, because I do give Arizona like a 0.2% chance of winning one of these games, right? You know, the Colorado game, the UCLA game at home, which is the sandwich game The Arizona comes off of by, um, the, you know, the Cal, I can see the, you know, they have Cal at home. That might be the one time where they win, but I, I just didn't bet it because they they could jump up and surprise people and win three three games. I tend when when the season win total is so low, I have often found it lucrative to bet the team just anyway because sometimes they're just gonna come up and, and get somebody that wasn't expecting it. But their non conference schedule, Rob, is what really gives me pause here. Yeah, I, I, well, you know, Beta Rank has them projected, you know, with the FCS game at two point three four wins. And they're projected at 96 overall. That is far and away the worst team in the Pac-12 with the projection. And I'm not like this. I'm not blowing sunshine here. Like I have no idea other than NAU <laughs> and and maybe San Diego State where the wins would actually come from. Because against yeah. every FBS team on their schedule, they are currently an underdog, right? So it's like you are talking about upsets and you are likely talking about some turnover driven upsets. Right. Um, but you know, man, they got, I mean, they've got practically a whole new deep defense coming in. Yeah. I mean, last year you're talking like, so the model sees some of that, right? Like Bill Connolly, when he puts together his returning production numbers, he adds in and then tries to, you know, recalculate what, you know, those transfers were, you know, they've got, um, now Arizona's, you're not talking about like all big 12 selections, but they've got a couple, you know, guys that made the Mac all Mac team last year, <laughs> including a new defensive tackle. I mean that and, and better coaching with Don Brown over what they had on defense in the last couple of years. Um, and Jed fish calling plays like you could talk, like you can talk just like I would, be, man, if Grant Cannell had stayed instead of going to Memphis, you could talk yourself into a lot more than this. Um, maybe not a lot more, but a little more and getting over the two and a half. It's just, it's real hard. I mean, like there's you, it, it, there's nowhere on the schedule. You can pr plant your flag and say, yes, this is where they get another W. You're just going to have to have in one of these games, whether it be Colorado, Washington state, um, you know, maybe Cal, um, or if ASU just totally implodes by the time the end of the year comes around with the NCAA investigation, you know, turn the, turn the ball over a bunch of times and, and Arizona, you know, can, can, you know, pull out the win. maybe BYU early. I mean, they do get BYU very early. That is a team that loses a ton has a new offensive coordinator in place. Um, you know, like it's just, I mean, for, for Arizona to hit that over, they really do have to beat San Diego. I think they, I think they, yeah. do. I think they really have to beat San Diego state. That, and that, that's why I didn't bet it. So I, I took, I have Arizona 11 and a half. Uh, I just took it cause we're going to be there. Um, so I'm like, all right, that's a lot of points for a uh, BYU. That team. is that's, a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think Arizona will be better than obviously they were last year. But the, the reason I didn't take the over was because that San Diego state game, because there is, I mean, like that defense will be good. They won't move the ball, but Arizona won't move the ball either. And then it's going to be like slappers only basically that came and uh, And I, I just can't put that in the win column. So you just have NAU, which is one um, that you can rely on. And then uh, I, I just think that Washington state game that you mentioned, Rob, I think that game that, that Arizona, Washington state was put on earth to win that game, um, you know, on the road Friday. Uh, it's like on a long leg. Arizona hasn't had a buy in like six weeks. 
and yeah. and then you have to count on okay, can they beat Cal? Can they beat ASU? I think they'll I think they'll win at least one conference game, but I can't guarantee that they're going to win two non-conference games. So um, I will I'm going to take the over, but I'm not going to bet the over. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I I think Arizona at 96. I think they have a. I mean, I don't think Arizona has a lot of downside off of this projection. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they have, but I think that there is some upside. It's just it is if there was if you had more confidence in the QB, because I do, I mean, and you remember, um, what was his name? The QB that transferred from UCLA to Cal. Oh, um, Devin, Devon monster. Yeah. Like he, look, I mean, fish, fish made him look good, <laughs> you know, like yeah, running that true. UCLA offense. <laughs> um, you know, when Josh Rosen got hurt, that said, like, this is not going to have anything like that kind of talent. Um, but I mean, I, and I, I am a firm believer in this. I mean, I would say this is a year zero rebuild. I mean, Arizona fans should not come in with any expectations into this year. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I don't think you, like, I'm amazed at the coaching staff fish put together on the short notice he had. Like I am shocked at some of the names he got. So um, it may not be this year. Look for improvement. Arizona fans look to lose a little look to look to lose. Not as bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he's going to do some tight end stuff. He's going to do some pre-snap yeah. motion, a lot of like play action. I mean, I think you're going to see more of an NFL E type of offense, but not the bad version of that. Like the new version where they're integrating some college concepts to it, but they're also being a little yeah. bit more sophisticated and stuff. So I, I think the scheme will be fine. And he is, is certainly changed the culture of the program, but it's just, uh, I mean, I might just bet this over just because I went to Arizona just for fun, but like, do not do that. Do not, nobody, nobody do that either. Uh, it might just be, um, and just hoping that they win, win a game or two here in the PAC 12 South let's, and Rob, are you taking the over or the under? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take the over on this one. Okay. So you got the over Arizona. You have under the, on USC. Are you taking the under on USC? Yeah. Okay. And the over on eight and a half. Yeah, I'll, you know what? You got to take the over on somebody. I'm going to take the over on UCLA. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll do it. This is the year. <laughs> Dorian Thompson Robinson cuts his turnovers in half. It's still a lot of fumbles, but not as many. There you go. There you go. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's get to the next slate of games and uh, teams in the Pac-12 South, and let's do it right after this. All right, we're back. And we're going to the the unknown unknowns here, Rob, with uh, ASU and Colorado. I, I guess so. The the Colorado is known unknowns. I think ASU are the unknown unknowns, where we're not quite sure what's going to happen there. Um, clearly, the coaching staff is on the rocks, and yep. losing their defensive tackle is an issue. But lots of talent, a really interesting program. I thought that the culture around the team was good. Clearly, the culture in the locker room, or uh, not in the locker room, but behind the, behind the scenes, not as good. But here we are, and Rob, the season win total that Vegas has set for ASU is eight. Okay. Mm. Let's let's go through the schedule here. Let's try to count out the wins. Southern Utah's a win. Yep. UNLV is a win. That team sucks right now. At BYU, Rob, I have that as a coin flip. That's a tell. I mean, BYU still projects to be pretty good. Um, you know, coming into this year, I I think the model might be over projecting them a bit. But oh, man, given all the turmoil at ASU, yeah. You know, yeah, coin flip feels right on the road. And that's a loud stadium. It's at altitude. Like, you know, I think BYU has the home field advantage. Like, that home field advantage is a little stronger there because of the altitude. Um, speaking of altitude, Colorado. So I had this. I'm, I'm actually going to move this. I gave uh, ASU a, six, a 60% chance to win that game. With that quarterback question, I mean, I'm going to change it to 70%. I think it matters that much. But I have them winning that. Is that fair? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had them as a 70% chance at UCLA. I think you're probably going to disagree with me on that, but that's where we, I think, differ on UCLA. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think that the game is going to be a little bit closer to a toss-up, but I I have ASU as a very slight favorite in that game. Okay. And, I mean, one of the surprises for me was how strong I felt about Stanford not being a doormat. (laughs) I don't think they're going to be great, but – I just think that defense is going to give us some problems that Friday night game. 
I had I still had ASU as a favorite, but like, what would you? Right, I, I probably would have him as a three and a half point favorite. I'd have it probably to the touchdown still. Okay. All right. So we'll put that in the win column. So right, that'd be one, two, three, four, five, five and one. I don't think there's a chance in hell they win at Utah. I just don't think they're there. I mean, I'd, if you would, if take away all the struggles, you know, all the offseason stuff, um, I think this game's a toss up. Right. Like, and I know a lot of Utah, like we're in full off season mode and I follow <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the Utah beat writers and like, like every, like the like fans are like talking themselves into like the Utah offense, taking this like ginormously forward. And yes, not having Jake Bentley at quarterback is going to be a big win for them. Um, but like a good Utah offense is like in the top 30, not in the top. Like they're not going <laughs> to like, let's not kid ourselves here, guys. Yeah, like I like I like Ludwig, but he's not like he's a good. He's not a great offensive coordinator. You know, Cam Rising. You know, I think would have been better last year, dudes. Like, I think despite all of the the love that the people have for Connor Brewer, like I've seen this movie. He, <laughs> he, he ran a crappy Baylor offense for a while and didn't 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 blow anyone away doing it. I I, I think that this game. I still think this game is is close. Like what it what the difference is though is like the the thing that you could count on coming into this game, um, you know, is the Utah defense yeah. and likely their special teams. And that I think on the road, like I I think given everything, like I'd probably have Utah as about you know maybe a sixty five percent win probability in the game because I I still think ASU is not going to be far enough out that you know Utah can just show up and win. I mean I think they're going to have to avoid turnovers. Yeah, and and I totally exactly. I mean, I have Utah as a seventy percent favorite, so <laughs> no chance in hell is still thirty percent chance in hell. Yeah, <laughs> and things that happen thirty percent of the time happen pretty yeah. often. I just like how is that team going to score? I mean, that that's the thing. In front of like that Utah fan base is going to be fired up. It's going to be at altitude. It's going to be on the road, and uh, you know, Jaden Daniels throwing to who i mean like he has people to throw to but can he do it can they run the ball yeah. i don't know i just i feel like uh I, that, I, that's fair that's fair so we're, we're only like um five percent off in terms of our projections there i have them beating washington state i have the usc yeah. game i have them favored in that game um but that's that was before all the disaster struck is that fair to make that a you know a coin flip i think coin flip i mean maybe even a slight usc like asu always seems to get up for usc you know and it, it it like this also feels like I mean it, there's no like I don't think there's a trap game on the AS like this this isn't like a trap game or anything but like I think you know they're gonna they should have a, a real good shot against USC even with um, the struggles like one of the things like this but the sneaky one the sneaky move like the if you will the sneaky thing that I think hurts them too is is the Turk transfer um, you know one of the best punters in college football. Uh, you know, his transfer out, I do think hurts their special teams. Yeah. Especially for a team that doesn't like to score sometimes, you know, just keep it yeah. safe. You know, it's nice. To, it's easier to keep it safe. If you're never going to pin the other team down at the 10 yard line, it makes it harder when you have an erratic puncher that kicks the ball out of bounds at the 30. <laughs> like that's, that's the problem. And it'll be interesting to see if they have a good puncher there, you know, and then, and then after that, it's at Washington. I have that as, I have them as a 40% probability of winning that game i I think they they can i don't trust washington that much but it is on the road um i don't know what do you think about that one this was a tough one right like i I think asu's defense is good enough to slow down the husky offense um and we are expecting a bounce back for that washington defense i think that they should be pretty good coming into this year you know if if you were going to say that you know this washington defense might have a little bit of a weakness coming into this year wouldn't you say it's the run it's the run defense that's what the sun devils are going to try to hang their hat on and certainly what their offensive line was was much better at last year so i think this is an interesting game i mean i baterang currently has it as a toss-up with all the trouble at asu i'd probably make washington maybe like a four or five point favorite at home um but not a lot right like i wouldn't put them so far ahead of uh of asu you know that that they're gonna you know that they, they could turn the ball over two times and win the game after that, I think, is the sneaky one at Oregon State yeah. after USC and Washington. I mean, I have him at as a 70% chance, and it's probably 80. But just, you know, you're in Corvallis. It's after a couple big games. 
uh, you should still be able to run on teams, but you never know, you know, like that defense sucks in Corvallis, but you know, that that's a program that we're also put on earth to win games like this. But I just, you know, I, I think the talent at ASU is much stronger than, you know, at Arizona where Arizona goes, if Arizona falls, it goes into a trap situation. I think they're going to lose that trap situation. If ASU goes into a trap situation, I take, you know, 20% or a 10% off the, the win probability. That's how strong I think the talent is there. Is that fair? Like 70%? What, what do you have for that? Yeah, Bateringz got it at seventy six percent. I mean, I, I this this Oregon State team, you know, like I, I think Jebbia could improve, you know, and I, you know, I really do like their offensive line coach. I like what they do offensively a lot. It's just the defense. Like I'm just not sold on it. I think ASU is going to have better talent in the game, you know, and I'm, I'm 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 and I think that they'll be able to score points on this Oregon State team. Okay, and then I actually have them as a seventy percent favored in the Arizona game and look they're they're better than Arizona but this is this is two things the first is that that territorial cup game is just really wonky all the time and and the coaching staff we just don't know who the coach is going to be by this point so uh, if this was if the coaching staff was solid I make this about 80 percent but I don't know is that, that a fair mark for that game yeah I mean what's going to be tough here too I mean like I, I I think that I mean and this is pure conjecture but I think Zach Hill and Marvin Lewis are likely safe yeah. from this NCAA thing, right? Like I just can't see, like they definitely, like I don't think that anyone didn't know about it, <laughs> right? Like, but like, I don't think that they were active participants, but like, if you get to the, this point in the season, let's say ASU has been a little disappointing, you know, like they're, you know, and this year, and they're looking at like, you know, four losses or something like that coming to this point. I mean, her and, and there's an NCAA cloud still hanging over. I mean, Herm could be gone by this point, right? Like you could have an interim coach in place, kind of a skeleton staff. I mean, and they're already filling in with graduate assistants um, for some of the position coaches. I mean, like, I, I do think that, you know, with Lewis and Zach Hill likely coach out the string and that's a big help. You're not going to be like, looking for a play caller in the midseason, But yeah, I mean, by the time you get down to here and for this Oregon state game or the Washington game, some of these late games on the schedule, you know, if ASU goes, Oh, for, you know, against you, you know, let's say they, they had a worst, you know, worst case scenario, they drop BYU, they drop UCLA, they drop Utah, drop USC, drop Washington, like with the NCAA cloud, like Herm's done you know, at that point, those last two games could be really interesting how much the team's going to be looking to play for. And also with the NCAA transfer rules too, you know, our players are going to be looking for a way out from, to get out from under sanctions that might be coming. Yeah. This is a bummer because in my mind, I have nine wins, but I just don't see, I, I just feel like they're going to drop a game that they should be. Bay has got them at 8.75 when you, toss in the uh, FCS game, but it's, it's hard. I mean, like that feels like the, like the high watermark of what this team could reach. Yeah. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the under, but, but knowing that the under is probably eight. So like, I don't think they're going to win seven games. I think they'll get to eight, but they're not going to get that over. And they're, I don't want to say push. So I think there's a higher likelihood of them going seven and five and eight and four versus going nine and three with all the stuff that's going on. And again, that's not a reflection on the coaching staff on the X's and O's. And it's not a reflection on the, the team in terms of their talent. It's just, I think there's a lot, that's a lot of distraction to have to deal with um, in a weird year. So uh, give me the under. What about you? Yeah, I'll take the under. Let's, head over to where are we headed here rob we got the airs oh the mountain schools the mountain schools okay yep let's do let's do utah because they're more so we kind of know what utah is i not quite certain what colorado is with the quarterback situation so let's go to utah they have uh, weber state to start off the year they got a holy war at byu so they're on the road this time and then they're at san diego state i mean i have them going three you know but you know you never know it's funny because I, I keep wanting to drop the probability of them winning against BYU. And then I realize that they've won like 12 games or 15 games or whatever. I think it's actually eight but <laughs> games in a row against BYU. So I, I made that a 70% win probability. And then I made an 80% win probability for San Diego state. 
getting them to three and out. What about you on those non-conference games? Yeah, I mean, I think BYU, you know, that's likely a game. I mean, Baderang currently has it as a toss-up with the updated production numbers from Bill Connolly. I think this game is closer to, you know, Utah by, I would say like three, you know, like it's, it's on the road um, against BYU. I do think that BYU has made significant improvements under Satake. Like I just, I don't think that this game, BYU is a bit in the wilderness. I don't think, I mean, I don't think BYU is some juggernaut or, or was some juggernaut last season. I think they played a lot of pretty bad teams. But that said, like they certainly were better than they've been in the last couple of years. And last year, had they played, I think BYU would have beat them. Um, that Utah offense was almost unwatchable. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you could, like I said, like the 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 part that you can really tr- you feel like you can hang your hat on and trust coming into this year is is the Utah defense and special teams. And I, I like them in this game. And San Diego State, like Utah, should absolutely totally shut down that off that Aztec off. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Where could they actually score? And this is at San Diego State with air quotes because this is in was it the, the city of commerce or Carson? I think it's in Carson, California, in that soccer stadium where the Rams had played for a while. Uh, the season win total set by Vegas is eight and a half. So that would get us to three. I, I give them Washington State. That's four. I, I would love for them to go into the Coliseum and beat the Trojans, but they haven't done that in like 100 years, Rob. So I had that as a 30% win probability. Is that about fair? Yeah, that feels about, I mean, it does feel about right that, because uh, that, that certainly game, I, I know a lot of Utah fans and a lot of Utah, I mean, even one of the Utah offensive linemen, I like, put together, put up what Pro Football Focus had graded out their offensive line out last year. He took umbrage at it. It wasn't my grade, but I do think that the USC should have an improved pass rush in this game, you know, in this game and this year, and that could be tough for this Utah team. If if they're going to take offense to not being a great offensive line, then they need to get better at being an offensive line. They need I to just, get better at pass blocking. And <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, go, you know, be offended. Sure. Uh, just get better so that you can compete for the, the conference, which is where I hope Utah can get to. Um, I have him as a favorite over ASU. I have that sneaky game at Oregon State uh, marked. I have him as a seventy point or seventy percent favorite there. And then the same. It's, it's interesting. This is basically like they have a run of four teams. I think they're going to drop at least one because it'd be ASU at Oregon State, UCLA at home, and then at Stanford on on a Friday night. Um, I mean, they should be able to to win mo- all of those. But I just it's college football, and I have them dropping a game. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that that's the that's why it's nice to put together win probabilities that are between, you know, zero and one. Because you, you when you add them up, you you see that you know Utah is not likely to go undefeated over that stretch, right? And they're not in the realm where you know you expect them to be able to just show up and win. Um, and there are a few teams in college football that are you know kind of in that range every year anyway. But you know they're 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 going to be. You know, they're going to have some toss-up games in their, you know, Arizona State projects to be a toss-up. UCLA, it, I, I don't think UCLA is going to be an easy game for them, even if it's at home. Even at home. Um, and then Oregon State and, and Stanford, I mean, those are two. I mean, Baderank has them with a 74% win probability on the road against the Beavers. 78% against Stanford. Um, you know, I think this Utah defense should be able to give Stanford trouble, but Stanford offense. I mean, if they just, if they, this Utah team doesn't strike me still. And and this is where like a team like Stanford is one to watch and could be trouble, even though you'd expect the Utes to win is that, I mean, if, if Stanford's offense really got going, I mean, this Utah team is just never built to play from behind. Oh yeah. It's tough. I mean, you take a look at some of the other games that they have, you know, like I, I think they might drop two between, uh, even if they do that though, because then they have at Arizona, they have Oregon. I I gave I made that a toss up. I'm curious what you think about that Oregon game. They have them at home. I I mean I like the Ducks here. I mean the Ducks Beta Rank has them. You know even on the road as a four point favorite. I think Anthony Brown is a significant upgrade over what uh, Shuck was doing last season. I think Shuck has better overall tools. I think Brown makes better decisions. You know and, the, and I think that's going to matter. I just I think Oregon's got a, a shot to have a defense that is as good as where we think Utah is going to be, and I think their their offense is just has a lot more ceiling to it. 
So the the season win total is eight and a half. I mean, like the last game they have is uh, Colorado at home. That's on a Friday. I mean, I just I just keep counting these up and I get to nine. I think it'd I be mean, Baderink. Baderink's got him at you know at sitting at what is it eight point two two in their expected wins. And again, I mean, there's just you know there's not you know you could give them a lot more credit for BYU. You know that helps. That maybe like let's say that puts you at eight and a half. There's still you know there's still a bunch of tough games on the schedule, right? Yeah. And we've talked about this, right? Like you know the the tough thing for Utah is, is that the a lot of the rest of the and the bottom of the Pac-12 South, with the exception of Arizona, has just gotten better. You're not likely to put up close to eight or nine or ten wins. You know you're not likely to put up like ten wins or nine wins against the Pac-12 where they're at now, you know, sitting where we have Utah projected at, which is at number 19 overall. I mean, you have to, you have to be a little, I mean, you have to get lucky, catch some turnover luck, or you're going to have to get to um, just beat this projection and get up to like a top, you know, 13, top 12 team in order to get up there. Give it to me. All the smoke. Give me that over. I want that. I, I'm going to take the under. Oh, just, it's just, it's a little too high. Uh, oh, ye of a little faith and the, and the Connor Brewer show. Come on now. And uh, give me, give me UCLA's run game over <laughs> Connor Brewer. Um, yeah, th- this will be, this will be a close one, but I'll, I'll take the over. Um, I just believe in that team. And then last, last, uh, team here, Colorado season win total by Vegas is four and a half. They got, um, Northern Colorado, Texas A&M and Denver and Minnesota at home to start the season. I have, uh, you know, have them winning Northern Northern Colorado, losing against A and M, and then I have that Minnesota game as a coin flip. Rob, what, what does Baderink have that game as? Yeah, Baderink's got it really close. They've got um, Minnesota is just a two and a half point favorite. Um, Colorado is real tight in that game. I mean, of course, like Minnesota's defense stunk last year. You know, we'll see what they end up as, but you know, Colorado Baderink only hasn't projected it you know, three point or four point one eight wins overall um, when you add in the FCS game. I mean, just a real tough schedule for the buffs. And they've got, they've got Oregon on the schedule. They've got Washington on the schedule. You've got A&M and Minnesota in non-conference. I mean, just, uh, you know, the only game that you would really put them as a, as a real big, you know, really a favorite that you could hang your hat on is Arizona. And Arizona right now with them projected in 96, you know, and, and I would say I think Arizona has some, not much, but some upside versus that 96 projection. Colorado is only a seven and a half point favorite at home against an Arizona team right there. It's such a weird, uh, it's interesting because I have, you know, it's four and a half. My, my total when I did all the win probabilities, I had 5.3 and then I have my gut as four. So I'm like all over the map right now with them. I mean, that's like almost a point and a half or win and a half where I think they're actually going to end up versus where they, uh, where the numbers, my numbers had them. Um, but, the, but the thing is, so I had the ASU game. I just have them competitive in some of these games because I do believe in the rush defense. I just, I think it's going to be better. And if they can shut down um, the run attack I think it gives them an ability to to stay in this game um, or stay in these games with the tight ends and just the running game. I mean, Broussard is is a beast. They were able to move the ball on the ground, um, which I think keeps them competitive. And that's why I have 5.3, even though my gut says four, because I have them as like, you know, uh, uh, underdog, but not a huge underdog at ASU. Uh, they have USC at home. And I could just see that, that being a game where USC just... I don't know. Like the, th- those are the games that USC tends to lose. Um, at Cal, I have as a coin flip. You know, at UCLA, I had I give them thirty percent chance of winning that game. You know, Washington. I, I don't think Washington's gonna be able to move the ball. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I, I this is this one has been so difficult. But like, what's if, the number again? It's what's four the and a half. Number? Yeah. The problem is like I look up and down the schedule and I'm not like, oh, that's a definite win. Even Arizona. I mean, that, like, that's one of the few games that Arizona might actually win is Colorado, right? We gave them Colorado or Cal or at ASU as being like possibilities of them winning. I don't think they will. Like I yeah. still have, um, I have Colorado as like a 70% favorite in that, but, but still, you know, like yeah, the, that's not right. But there's, there's, that was, that's the only game I have on this list, Rob, that was above 
outside of Northern Colorado, that was above 50% probability. Everything else is like in between a 20% and a 50% probability. And then when you add them all together, it gets to 5.3. And I, I don't know what to do. I, I mean, I just, I think that's too high. Like, right. Like I, I just think on some of these games, like, um, like Washington and Washington has definitely done some dumb, right? Like you can, like Colorado's got in the model about a 19% win probability in that game. You know, I mean, and like I said, like things that happen, you know, one fifth of the time aren't completely rare. They're about a 10 point underdog. Um, but Washington just has a lot better talent <laughs> than Colorado does, you know? Um, and I think even with some questionable offensive play calling that we might see from Washington this year, I mean, I'm st- I still need Chiaverini to prove it to me that they can figure it out offensively over a season. You know, I like the defensive, you know, coordinator hire that Colorado made. Um, but it's, I just, I still think that this Colorado team, I just, I like, I like the under with them. Yeah. I had that. My gut had the under, my heart had the over. <laughs> so I'll take the under with them. Um, and we'll just hope that the, the, whoever the quarterback is, is able to keep them competitive in these races. Uh, let us know what you guys think if, uh, but not, you know, nicely, don't be jerks about it, but you know, let us know what you think about some of these win totals. Uh, you know, anything that you strongly disagree or, or agree with us on always, always nice to hear what our listeners think. Our numbers are starting to tick up again. Uh, you could tell everybody's itching for college football season and we're only two weeks away from doing week zero. So stay tuned. We'll definitely uh, make an announcement about a possible halftime show for week zero, that UCLA game be fun to jump on with some of our friends and talk college football and, uh, and the technology's just gotten better where we can interact better with people. So we're uh, dipping our toe into that water. Rob, anything else you want to cover here? No, no. Good to go. Check out sharpcollegefootball.com. Yeah. We'll catch everybody next week. We're going to do the Pac-12 North win totals, and then it's going to be week zero. Looking forward to it.